Excellent. So let's 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 dig a little. I want to kind of talk about a couple of thoughts as well that complement what Dan just said. Um, and I want to thank Pastor Bill for sharing. Did you cover these verses last week? Three to seven. Three, yeah, three, to, three seven. to seven. Okay. So maybe I'll just focus um, on one thought like I was thinking today. Um, let's look at Second um, Corinthians chapter 4. Maybe we'll start there. Second Corinthians chapter 4. So I love how Dan defined the gospel um, because... You know, walking with God many years, we can kind of get familiar, but it's such an important thing to have so fresh in our hearts that Christ is the beginning, middle, and the end of our faith. You know, we believe that he's the Lord. We believe that he's God. Uh, we believe that he is uh, the, um, the expression of the Bible we're holding. That's the gospel. And just thinking about the way we look at God, the way we um, interpret God is how we're going to interpret the Bible. It's the same principle as what I know of God is really going to be the way that I present God to other people, right? So just, just by way of parallel here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to read a couple of verses. Uh, we just read in Galatians 1 that that perversion of the gospel let them be accursed or dedicated to destruction, like everything in their life will have uh, an unraveling because it's not God's mind. It's not God's heart. Um, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I read these verses, and it, it shows us an awesome definition of what the gospel is. Are you um, in chapter 12 or 4? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. four. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, but even if our gospel is is veiled or hid, um, it is veiled or hid to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, and here it is, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. So just, just think about these words. I, I like them because Paul is challenging the Galatians, like, don't, don't go back into Judaism. Don't go back into this old letter of the law to be accepted, to have that as the basis of your relationship. But the gospel is something uh, very precious. Uh, and I, let's just look at that. It says, the devil wants to blind the mind and alienate them, right? Uh, who So they do not believe. And, and this is an interesting thing that we could say. Um, uh, when we were in France a few weeks ago, uh, one of the, I was talking with some brothers and I said, you know, tell me what is the main um, obstacle from people getting saved or coming to Christ. And, and this is what he said. He said that uh, people have to see it before they believe it. Like they have to be able to touch it. They have to be able to comprehend it. They have to be able to know it. Uh, but we know in the Christian faith it's very different. We have to believe it, and then they see it. They have to trust 
uh, before they can actually touch it. And uh, what a what a striking thing I was thinking about Galatians chapter one and Paul's attitude is like the gospel is so precious, it's so supernatural. And and one writer even said this about religious people. He said that the religious people believe it, but they don't know it. <laughs> I know it's true, but I mean I, I believe it's true. Excuse me, but they have no relationship with it. No relationship with it. So this is why Paul is being very strong in Galatians chapter 1. Don't pervert the gospel. Twist it. Make it into something that is, um, that it, that it's not. And I love what Dan brought out. It will trouble you. This is, this, is when, this is one of the indicators when you know it's false doctrine. It troubles you. It doesn't sit in you correctly. Um, it doesn't um, match up with the heart and nature of God. Okay. So back here in 2 Corinthians 4, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. I mean, there it is. Isn't that? I mean, Psalm 119, uh, 133 says the entrance of the word of God is light. So when you speak the word of God to people, it actually shines into their life and exposes things so that they have to make a decision uh, for God or against God. This is why. In a lot of circles, we don't have like um, hours and hours of praise and then 10 minutes of the Bible, right? Because praise doesn't bring us to a place of confrontation. The Bible does. Bible teaching does. All right. So the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I just feel like this is an awesome definition of the gospel. Isn't that good? It's like the light, who God is. And we have fellowship in the light in 1 John uh, chapter 1. And then the glory of Christ. Okay, let's turn back. The glory of Christ. So if something doesn't reflect the glory of Christ, is it the gospel? Right? That's a good question. Is it the gospel? If it's not reflecting the glory of, of God, that's a rhetorical question. But just to think about that, like the message we hear, it is something that should set us free and not trouble us, as we just read here in Galatians 1, 7. All right. Now, I want to kind of develop this thought here in a minute before we go to 1 Corinthians, back to 1 Corinthians 1. But look at this, look at these verses. Verse 9, he repeats himself in Galatians 1, 9. As we have said before, so now I say again, it's almost like he's repeating himself because he wants the hearer to really get it, that they are being deceived, and, they, and it's like they need to be shaken, right? You ever, you ever start to doze off a little bit? Like I used to drive uh, long hours, and I used to, I used to kind of doze a little bit. And uh, maybe you'd bite your inside of your lip, or you'd drink. I would drink so much coffee that it would not touch me. That's why coffee doesn't really touch me anymore. Um, but I remember... Falling asleep, this is not a great memory. I fell asleep on an exit. I was in a dump truck. And fortunately, fortunately, the curb was high enough where I hit the curb and it, it kind of it jolted me. And and uh, all the guys I was with in, in the cab were asleep, too. <laughs> that wasn't helping. So we all woke up. We're like, ah, we're, we're crashing. But... But it's the same principle here. Paul is like saying, 
we need to be shaken to the reality of the gospel. Because if it's not the glory of Christ, if it's not the light, and it's not the image of God, then it's just something that will lead us back into bondage. Fortunately, the good end of that story is I bounced off that high curve back into the road and everything was fine. So, praise the Lord. I was awake. I was scared to death. I was like, did I run over anybody? All right. All right. So look what he says here. He says, as we have said before, so now we say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel... And again, we understand the, the context that was at, which was brought out about Judaism. Um, very interesting. If you study about Judaism, I did a little bit of that study. I mean, it is, it is profound, some similarities, and then there's some definitely some, um, some contradictions. I'll, I'll just maybe go into that later. But it is so, if you're not taught, we can gravitate to something similar. And then it, it, it can trap us. Yes. Like, again, having a relationship based on the law, having a relationship based on the Ten Commandments. You know, what, what do we say with the Ten Commandments today? They're beautiful, right? They're, they're something we learn from, but that's not what the basis of our relationship today. Thank you, God, for that. And God fulfilled those Ten Commandments, right? Um, but they are used for moral and um, civil order, which is valuable. But look what he says in verse 10. And this is what I want to kind of think about for a few minutes tonight. For do I now persuade men or God? What a question. Okay. Do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be a bond Christ. So he he goes through this through this whole verses that say, listen. This is a work of God. I am a work of God. The message is a work of God. It's not the work of man. It's not originated in man. It's not something that man can say, I produce. And then he goes through this whole thing about don't twist something so simple and so sacred. And then he takes it to another level. Do, am, I, am I here to please you or am I here to please God? Now, this, this is a question I have for you today. What pleases God? Only one thing that pleases God. Faith. Okay, faith. Loving Him. Loving him. Belief. Belief. Belief in the Son. Okay, good. Right? He was all that said. Exactly, right? Without faith. What, what did you say? Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith. It is impossible to Perfect. Uh, so faith in his son, Jesus, right, is what pleases him. So what does that mean to us today? We can actually read Hebrews eleven six. That's a very good verse. Let's look at that. Because do I please God? I don't. Right? Do you please God? I'm sorry to say. You don't. And it's not our job to please God because God is already pleased with his son, Jesus Christ. Right. And this is this is a basic fundamental that gives us the faith of the son of God who loves us and gave himself for us. So a lot of religious rhetoric 
is trying to please uh, God by, by trying to fulfill his commandments. Now that might sound a little bit on the edge, but we know that God is pleased, and therefore we honor his commandments. We don't honor his commandments to please God, but we, we are pleased. We, we fall in love and walk with Jesus, and then he's pleased with, with his son, right? And I'll show you an interesting verse on this. But so Hebrews like, eleven like what came six. First, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. Right. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Anybody know? <laughs> the chicken. The chicken. All right. That was a profound profundity. Pastor Bill, you want to read Hebrews eleven six? Are you there? Sure. This is a great, a great verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Okay, what is our, what is our, I don't want to say responsibility, but what is our privilege? It is this, to believe that he is. Okay? So, again, the action of this produces good works. The action of this produces the life of faith. The action of this produces um, a, a, a lifestyle that reflects what we're talking about. All right. Let me show you something here. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 with me. So what are we saying here today? Jesus is pleased with, I mean, God is pleased with his son, Jesus. So therefore, a message that reflects the light, the glory, and the image of Christ is going to be the true gospel. You know, I remember my mother-in-law Okay, here, here's, a, here's a story that I will never forget. My mother-in-law, my wife's mother, uh, went through an un, unfortunate situation where her husband uh, went out on her and they wound up being divorced, right? And uh, she went to the priest and tried to talk with him and, and get counsel. And what happened was he passed judgment on her and he said, you can come to church, but you're going to sit in the back row because you're a sinner. Imagine that. Imagine, yeah, that is like horrendous, right? Where's Jesus in that message, right? That's my, so for years, I mean, I, I remember ministering when I first got married to my wife, ministering to her, who she wanted nothing to do with God, obviously. She was very hurt. And I said, listen, I said, Terry, that is not gospel. That is not the gospel. Someone has perverted that. Someone has laid a legalistic trip on you. And that is something that is full of bondage. You know what happened? It took her like two decades to, to actually recover from that. And uh, my mother actually um, at a Franklin Graham crusade, this is a great ending to this story, is that she caused her to she prayed with her and rededicated her life with Christ. In her last five or six years of her life, she was a, she fervently pursued Christ because grace, she was introduced to grace, mm. right? Because remember what we said last couple of weeks is religion is something that defines us in our sin. And that's exactly what happened to my mother-in-law. Oh, you got divorced? Yeah. So therefore, that's who you are. And that's religion. Religion is such a, such a terrible thing. But grace says, hey, 
God has forgiven. Grace abounds, and therefore the message that I have for you is Jesus-centered. It's light-centered. It's glory-centered. It's it's image of God-centered. Okay, this is what shows us here. This is what I'm trying to say here. First, uh, First Corinthians chapter one. Look at these verses. Who wants to read? Who wants to read the, these verses? These are some good verses. Um, eighteen. First Corinthians eighteen. 118, excuse me, through 25. You want to read that, Brian? Mm -hmm. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. How far do you want me to go? Yeah, right down to 25. Uh, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Okay. These are verses that I'll tell you. Hey, hey, Carl. These these are these are verses. Come on in, join us. I want to look at these verses just briefly because again we see what is the gospel. I think we see another aspect of the gospel in verse twenty-three. Well, what what is it, Brian? What's verse twenty-three? But we preach Christ crucified. There it is. Yep. There's our there's our message. Are we in are we in that verse? No, we don't preach ourselves like we just said. But I love the contrast here. It says the message is it looks like weakness, it looks like foolishness, it looks like absurdity. But but to but to God, it's talking about His Son. It talks about the work of His Son. It talks about the, the ministry of his son. That is the gospel. Because if if we're mixed into it, we pervert it every time. Like, you got to do good. If your good works outweigh your bad works, then you'll be okay. Just keep doing the good things, right? Or we said a couple weeks back that the lie in religion is that I'm somehow good. Like, I'm good. I'm good, don't you know? <laughs> I'm good. You're I'm saying not, that like you heard that. I'm good. <laughs> I've said that before. No. Oh man. And and it's like oh I mean we've met people like that haven't we and we're just like oh you know God's not looking for goodness He's looking for perfection. How you doing with that? And it's like immediately it's in, you're intimidated. But see the message is like it's it's Christ, and not only it's who He is, it's what He's done. Christ crucified. And when we see the work of the cross, he's he's nailed everything to his cross. 
moving it out of the way in Colossians chapter 2. I just love this. And the world will constantly miss it. They'll be like, that's foolishness. That doesn't make any sense. It's too easy. There's got to be more. I got to, you mean, you know, you mean I got to do, all I got to do is believe and that's it? Well, we know, we just read it, Pastor Bill just read it. It's not only just believing as like some abstract action, it's it's leaving that self-reliance and now becoming Christ-reliant. All right? He who started a good work. Yes. You believe, he honors your belief. And he he starts the work we're trying to And and he will complete the work. (laughs) He will do it. Anybody know that verse? Philippians 1 6. There it is. He who who started in you. uh, Let's read it. Let's read it. I want to quote it correctly because that's that's an important word. You want to quote it? He which has begun a good work in you will perform it. Yes. Until the day of Christ. Amen. All right. Let me close here. Let's come back to Galatians. So you see the progression? He's saying, guys, it can't start with you. And if it starts with you, it's broken. But if it starts with Christ, John chapter 3, verse 30, as he increases in our life, we decrease. And that's a beautiful transformation and conversion. Okay, so let's read verse 10. For, so, so Paul is being a little sarcastic. He says, Do I, am I here to persuade you? He's not. Only the Holy Spirit can do that, right? Or am I here to persuade God? So we're back in Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. Yep, Galatians 1.10. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit tonight. I want to read you an interesting, this word pleasing really stood out to me. You ever try to please somebody? Sure. Look at 1 Thessalonians with me, chapter 2. Um, the sure road of disappointment is trying to please people. Isn't that true? Because the, 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 the truth of the matter is we can do all that we can to please somebody, but it's insatiable. We want more. We want more, right? Look at First Thessalonians chapter 2. It kind of shows us this. this. is a great verse. Who's in First Thessalonians 2? You want, is, Joan, you want to read it? You mind? What, what verse? 2-4, I'm sorry. 2-4? Yeah, 1 Thessalonians 2-4. Uh, no verse of But even as we have been approved of God to be entrusted with gospel, so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who proveth our hearts. Okay, beautiful. Don't you love that? Don't you love those first words? Who's approved mm-hmm. you and I? Yeah. God has, right? So if I have a message of self-help, self-modification, or even condemnation, right? Is that approved of God? Well, it's certainly not proving his son in us. Let's, let's turn back for a minute. Galatians chapter 1. 
Sorry I'm jumping around here, but I want to show you another definition of the gospel. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Okay, who wants to read 115? Okay, uh, Lisa. Lisa? Yeah. Okay, I keep wanting to call you Vicky. I, Lisa. I know it's Lisa. But she might. Lisa. I she might change. But she might not answer, though. Okay, Lisa. Set me apart from my Yes, keep going, 16. Oh, 16, I'm sorry. Sorry. To reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. Mm. Nope, that's good. Okay. okay. So what is he saying here? But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me through grace. So we see we see a pattern here that grace is what? pleases God, another action of the work of Jesus Christ. And here it is. This is the work of the message, right? Those next words. Who, who wants to read that? To what? Reveal. To reveal his son in me. This is sanctification, right? This is the work of the message, right? So we're approved of God. There is the process of God. And then immediately I did not look at myself. I did not look at others, right? I didn't do that, Paul said. Why? Because his message didn't come from him, and his message was not reliant on him. All right, let's go back. We're, let's go back to Galatians 1 again, verse 10. Um, pleasing, pleasing, right? Like somehow we can say, if I go to church, if I read my Bible, if I pray, which are all excellent things, God will be pleased with me. Is that an accurate statement? It isn't, no. right? See, God, God does not have potential. God is actual, which means that he is actually loving us, uh, proud of us, uh, uh, favoring us to the intensity that he can, regardless of what I do. So he's pleased with you tonight. Not because you came to the Bible study. I'm happy about that. <laughs> but he, we experience him when we do those things. But God is saying, I'm pleased with you today uh, because you are in my son. You are fellowshipping with my son. Let me show you this. Romans 8, and we'll close here. How you doing? You guys doing all right? Go another hour. Go another hour. All right. So when you try to please somebody, you want to gain their approval, you want to gain their favor. God says you never have to do that because I'm already, I'm already pleased with you because of Jesus Christ. And like Brian quoted, we are in him in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. We're hid in him, and therefore we are in Christ Jesus. So these are, these are foundational things that keep us from being religious, right? Or keep us stressed about, am I doing enough? See, the devil will always say, you're not doing enough. He'll always, he'll always make an issue of performance. You're not doing enough. You're not praying enough. You're not reading enough. I had a brother uh, say this to me. He says, you know, um, 
you know, I don't read my Bible like I should. Anybody ever say that to you? I don't pray like I should. That word should, we all said that. We all said that. But that word should in my mind is a pressure word. Like there's something I need to do to be accepted. Now, granted, I can experience God if I do those things. But it's not something that's contingent on God loving me, God accepting me, God God moving uh, in, in the work of his son, because uh, it's already been done, right? Our faith is a big done. Well, so I don't know if that's coming across clearly tonight. I, this brother said to me, he's, we were talking about, he said, well, don't live in what you should do. Just start now. I don't read my Bible like I should. Okay. None of us do. So let's start now. Let's just start. Let's have a beginning with God right now. And it, and when my when this brother was talking to me, I, it set me free. I was like, what a great person. That's the perspective of grace. It's like I can look here and go, oh, I'm such a bad Christian. Or I can say, let's start now. All right. Let me show you Romans 8.8. 8. Romans 8.8. 8. Isn't that good? Isn't that practical? Mm -hmm. So the next time the devil wants to condemn you, just start now. Just say, okay. There's no condemnation in Christ. It's Jesus. So therefore, I'm going to start now. I don't pray like I should. Okay, well, Lord, teach me to pray. Help me pray. Give me a hunger to pray. And he will do it. All right, Romans 8.8. 8. Again, pleasing God. Uh, we see this in the Old Testament. It's not sacrifices that please God, right? But it's our heart attitude before him, right? Okay. Romans 8.8, 8, who's there? You want it? Vicky. Thank you. <laughs> no, Lisa, don't do that. Now I'm... Oh. So you're going to have to change your, your name there. I sent out an answer to it. Oh. So the nay that are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay, verse 9. Oh. But ye, but ye who are not in the flesh, ye not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of this. His. Okay, good. All right, so what is the emphasis there? If I'm in the flesh, right, flesh doesn't please God, only Jesus pleases him. And then he, and how is that represented? In the spirit. The spirit. So again, the gospel is such an such a uh, an agent that frees us and takes the emphasis off ourselves. All right. All right. I want to close. Let's turn back to Galatians. Still open. Close. Yes, sir. That's right. Open door policy. Um, I want to show you one more verse here that I wrote down. So we're in, is there like, like in the flesh and then in the spirit? Are these like me? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that at the wrap. That is a, that's a great question. Can we talk about that in the wrap? Because I think that's an important, um, that's an is important that thing to unpack. Statement. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Christie's questions are like they're, they're like statements. they're awesome. 
They're questionable. Yeah, and I like it though because that's how I parent too. I was asking Jared today. He's like, I asked him a question, and then and then I I started giving my three point outline, and then he's like, wait a minute, I wanted to answer the question. I said, well, instruction has to come first, (laughs) then you can answer the question properly. All right, last verse. All right, Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse 9. So let's recap here. What are we saying? Galatians is it starts with God, the middle is God, and the end is God, right? I am not in that equation. My or your privilege is to believe, right? To believe, and we express the light, we express the image of God, and the glory of God. Because we, we know when we hear good news, right? It, it's like it's like awesome. We want to hear more of it. Like I had a, I had a brother say leaving uh, the church the other day. He says, I feel better leaving than I did coming. And that's, that's what the message should do to us, right? I've had people say they've gone to churches and they felt worse leaving than they did coming. That's not a... <laughs> I mean, conviction is good, but conviction is double-edged, right? It pierces, but it heals. And God is loving us into that healing. Second Corinthians chapter five, yeah. verse nine. Sorry for so many scriptures. I this is such a good, like such a good thing to really unpack. Like God is pleased with me because of one thing. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. So if our message is that same, uh, there's that same unity, then then there's an anointing and a blessing. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 9, it says, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Isn't that good? Like tonight, like in the Spirit, we are well-pleasing because your Spirit is in unity with our Spirit. And there's a demonstration of God's spirit. Okay. So Galatians, we'll, I want to look at Galatians one last time. I keep meaning to put my finger here. Okay. So this progression is important. Do I now persuade men or God? Boy, if I'm trying to persuade men, God gets <laughs> God gets nixed, right? Or do I seek to please men, persuade and then please them, will be a slave to the whim of man? For if I still pleased man, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And then he says these beautiful words, For I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel, in verse 11, which was preached by me, is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through revelation of Jesus Christ. And I, I want to spend some time in that verse next time. It came by revelation, right? And this is why Paul is trying to get these Galatians to stop thinking naturally, logically, and, and lawfully. But he wants them to think Christ-centered, redemptive-centered, and um, as we read earlier, Cross center. Amen. 
So Lord, bless these thoughts today. Jesus, we, we ask that you'd keep us uh, focused on, on who you are in these pages. And as you increase in our life, we are decreasing. Lord, as you become the center, we become the servant and prisoner of God. Uh, thank you, God, that your message has authority. We do not. Uh, we want to just be Bible-centered. And uh, just thank you for your precious word. And, uh, may it be in our mouth. May it be in our feet. May it be in our in our hands as we minister your, your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we can talk about these things, amen.